You know, I kind of was sitting at my desk today and just kind of seeking God on what to minister tonight. I, I, uh, you know, I didn't know who would be here or how many would be here or not be here. But uh, I, I titled this message, I kind of put, No Fear Wisdom. Not No Fear Wisdom, but No Fear But Wisdom. And so, you know, and all the things going on around here and... and uh, you know, a lot of people are in fear. They're living in fear. They're, I mean, the, the, this, this thing is more fear-driven than anything else. And uh, so the thing about it is it's, it's serious, and we don't make a lot of that, understand. I'm not making a lot of that at all as a, as a minister, as, as a pastor, but it's, uh, for the most part, it's fear-driven. And uh, I know I went to Walmart today, and I was going in, and when I was coming out, a lady said, let me ask you a question before I go in there. Is there any toilet paper in there? I said, there's not. She said, oh, Lord. So, you know, it's, it's amazing. I have never in my life, I'm 62 years old, and I have never. I know there have been some tough times in the United States and all, but I have never experienced the, the chaoticness of, of it as, as what we, of what we're seeing right now. And I want to tell you, not because I'm prophesying doom and gloom, but I was reading Matthew 24 last night, and I made, read Luke 21 about what we're going to see before Jesus' return. And this is just the, the icing. This is, this is a very slim thing that we're going to see. But God said that he would take care of his children and the church are going to be rising to the top like the cream is going to rise to the top. Amen. There's something good going to come out of this. I'm telling you right now, there's going to be a great harvest of souls come out of this. And, uh, and we're not going to live in fear and, and, uh, but we're going to trust God and, and, uh, believe God for, uh, uh, for wisdom, we're going to seek wisdom, and I want to go to Proverbs chapter four, if you will, and and uh, I won't preach real long tonight, but I just want to give you what the Lord kind of put on my heart to give you tonight. It probably won't be the, one of those spitting sermons, and it might be. Who knows? Anyway, I spit a lot. Anyway, if you ever see my iPad after one of these services, you say gross, and I have to clean her down, wash her down. I'm telling you, they spit all over it, and uh, huh? You know, some people used to like to get on the front row. They thought there was more anointing when it splattered all over them, you know. But now everybody's concerned about the, the, the breathing on them. So that's why you're all further back, right? I trust you. I don't have anything. But the Holy Ghost, it might get on you. Uh, in verse 1, it says, Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender, and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words, keep my commands, and live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Talking about wisdom. Love her, and she will keep you. He's talking the, the, When we're saying her or she, that's talking about wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt wisdom, and wisdom will promote you. Wisdom will bring you honor when you embrace her. Wisdom will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory. Wisdom will deliver to you. Hear, my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. 
Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. Talking about wisdom. You know, and, and when we talk about it, we'll, we'll, people will say things. I've talked to pastors today. I've, I had, I've had uh, one call me and, and I've talked to others through the, over the past few days and, and kind of finding out where they were, what they were doing. And, and, uh, you know, they're, every, every one of them is, is, you know, everybody's praying and believing what God would have them to do as a pastor of their church. And so, uh, that's wisdom. They're seeking wisdom of God, myself included. And uh, so, you know, uh, I was thinking about wisdom or fear because a lot of times, uh, you know, if you don't, you say, well, we're not going to have church because of this. We just say, oh, we're, we're in fear. No, you may be in wisdom. It may be wisdom because you have to have wisdom. I remember, and the Lord kind of brought this up to me, you know, I'm, I'm a person that I'm, 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 I don't live in fear and I will not be fear. I don't care what it is. I've done, I've done settled in my heart and my mind that I have a covenant with God. That bless God by Jesus stripes I'm healed, but I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm gonna go, go and film again into a room full of people that's got it. You say, are you afraid? No. I'm gonna use wisdom. Are y'all with me? I want you to follow me tonight. And I know several years ago when we was building the fellowship hall, and Debbie knows and the others know that, that, uh, we were putting the, the, the stuff on the cabinets. And what's it called? Contact cement that they put on the deal? Anybody was in the church when I was doing that? How many was in here? And uh, I helped them do it, and I, I've, never, I'm, I'm not, I've never been allergic to anything in my life, nothing. But I had allergic reaction to that stuff, and I wound up in the emergency room, and uh, all night one night on a Saturday night, and uh, I, was, I mean, I was a mess. I'm telling you, it messed me up. And uh, I had whelps all over all over my body. I'm talking about with the, even the, all the doctors said we have never seen anything like that before in our lives. I mean, it was just all over my body. And so I got when I got I actually left the the emergency room at eight o'clock in the morning, went home and got cleaned up and come up here and preached. And I come up here and preached after spending the whole night in the emergency room. And I come up here and preached. And if you was here, you remember while I'm preaching, that's when I wore ties and a suit. And, and I was sitting here, and the whole time I was preaching, I was pulling at my, my tie. I was pulling at it because I was having a harder time. And I didn't know what's going on, but everybody out there could see what was going on. I was swelling. I was literally swelling. And, uh, and I was getting, my throat was getting where I couldn't hardly. And so I preached the whole sermon. And afterwards, I said, I prayed for the sick. And I, immediately, I went to my office, and I just, sit, I just sat down. I didn't talk to anybody. And the nurse that was here said, I'm going to get you some Benadryl, and I'm going to give you that Benadryl, and you're going to head straight over to the emergency room in Waco. And that's exactly what I did. They kept me, what, three days, three or four days. And uh, it, it affected my kidneys, my liver. And they told me, the nurse told me, he said, that will stop your heart. So I was just on the brink of dying. And did you know something? If somebody's putting down that contact cement somewhere, you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going in there. Am I afraid? No, I'm using wisdom. Come on now. I'm not afraid of it. I'm just going to use wisdom. And so God wants us to use wisdom concerning anything, you know, that's going on in the, in, in the world. Proverbs 16, 16 says, How much better to get wisdom than gold? And to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. Proverbs 19, 8 says, He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. 
He who keeps understanding will find good. And in the book of James, we're just talking about wisdom a little bit tonight. The book of James, I like this book, and I definitely like what God has, has told us through uh, James in verse 5. He says, if anyone, James 1, James chapter 1, verse 5. James 1, 5. Everybody shout 1, 5. If any of you, any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. In other words, we there's many times in our lives we need wisdom on things. We need wisdom. I, I know I was uh, uh, talking to somebody today and I said, well, we're just going to pray for you to have wisdom concerning this whole ordeal that you're having to deal with. And uh, so I believe in God that he's going to have wisdom. And I told him about James, how the Bible says, if you ask wisdom, God will give it to you. And so we're asking for wisdom. We're praying for wisdom for our president. Whether you like our president or whether you don't like our president, he's the one in charge, and we ought to be praying for him to have wisdom to make the right choices and the right decisions concerning all that's going on in the world right now. And so, uh, you know, he's a, the, the, what most people probably don't know about our president is he's got a whole slew of Holy Ghost, tongue-talking, spirit-filled believers that counsel with him and give him spiritual advice that are powerful men and women of God. And so the thing about it is, is, you know, we don't have to like him. We don't have to like his policies, but I'm telling you something. We need to pray for him because he's making decisions right now concerning the health of this nation with the assistance of all the other people that's in authority over us. And so uh, we, we have to do that and believe for wisdom. That's the way I pray for all our leaderships, God, that you give them wisdom, that you give them wisdom to make the right decisions and the right choices concerning our nation and the handling of what they're calling a pandemic that's basically uh, uh, sweeping the world. It's, it's, it's worldwide. It's not just the United States. It's worldwide. But I said something about this, and we're talking about wisdom. He said, hold on to my word, get my word, and you'll have life, and you will live. Well, the word of God is wisdom. I said, the word's our wisdom. Uh, so when we, when we read the word of God, it imparts wisdom into our lives, and if you, I, I want to go to a psalm that I love dearly, and I, I this is what I've talked about on Facebook with, uh, and, uh, because it's a psalm weird everyone be hanging on to and reading on a daily basis and confessing it, believing it, declaring it, because it's just as real as John 3.16. How many knows what John 3.16 says? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Well, we all believe that, don't we? Did you know this is just as much the word of God as any, anything else? And when we can, when we confess with our mouth and believe in what, uh, uh, John 3.16 says, we can be saved when we trust in Him and such as that. And the thing about it is, Psalms 91 is, is a powerful, powerful chapter. I, I read it quite regularly. And for a long time, I was reading it every day in a different translation. 
And, uh, but I'm going to read it right now, and uh, I think I'll just go ahead and uh, read it and listen to it and see. And uh, I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation like I did the other day because of what some of the wording it says on certain things. And uh, you can, let, let me t- say this to you. You can believe this. You can believe this. Faith comes by what? Hearing, and by hearing, the Word of God, over and over and over. When it says faith comes by hearing and by hearing and by hearing and by hearing and understanding what's said. And so when we read the Word of God, we got to understand this is God's Word for us. And if there's ever a day that we need to be laying claims to God's promises, we're living in it right now. There's so many things going on. And this is, the, you know, uh, you're to go read uh, Mark... Uh, uh, or, or Matthew 24 sometimes when they ask Jesus, when is the end going to happen? What's the signs and when's the end going to happen when you're returning? And he started saying all the things that we're seeing so dramatically in our world right now. And so uh, he says this, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I'm telling you, God needs to, listen, God needs to be Every, you're, you're all in all. He don't need to, God does not need to be somebody we just visit every now and then. He needs to be somebody we have a relationship with on a daily basis. And he said, if you'll, and, and the, the King, New King James says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty God. I like what verse 2 says in the New Living Translation. It says, this I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He's my God, and I trust Him. I will save the Lord. Listen to me. What you say is beneficial to what you have. What you say is beneficial to what you have. The psalmist said, here's what I must say of the Lord. He is my refuge. That's what it says in New King James. He's my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. In other words, the psalmist said that He's my protector. God's my protector. And listen to what's important. He said, I'm going to say it. Jesus said, you can have what you say. you got to say some things to have some things. And I say, you know, that's one of my confessions. I, I don't quote the, the full not Psalm 91 every day, but I quote verses from Psalms 91. And this is what I say. I said, the Lord, you're my refuge, my fortress, my family, my God, and we're going to trust why you're my protector. See, when you get that word so ingrained in you and becomes a revelation in you, what it will do is it will remove fear of all the things that's going on around you. It'll remove that fear of it uh, uh, destroying your life. And here's why. It says, he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. Well, they haven't declared coronavirus a disease, but a flu or a virus. Well, that all is included in that. He said, listen, if you'll save the Lord, if, if he'll rescue you and uh, protect you from deadly disease. You need to realize that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost and the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you and gives life to your mortal body, life being health and strength in your body. You need to realize that Jesus, the Bible says, redeemed you from the curse of the law. That means 
things. He died and literally paid the price for you to be delivered from all the deadly diseases and stuff that comes upon the earth. People could argue that and will say, there's a lot of people dying of disease. That's because we're living in a falling world where the devil's the god of this world. If you'll read your Bible, you'll find that out, that he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But right in the middle of it, God has given us some promises. He's given us some promises, but the promises won't help us if we don't know them and if we don't lay claims to them. I could go buy you a car and have the title in your name and and, and give you the title. You could have the title, but if you never go pick up the car, you ain't going to benefit from it. Huh? Well, we have a title deed right here, but if we never lay claims to it and never say what it says, we're never going to enjoy the benefits of what it says. He says he will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. I love that. I love the way it puts that right there. It says his faithful promises are your armor and protection. The word of God is a force field around you, praise God. And then he talks about how he would uh, cover you with his feathers. Now, God's not a big chicken up in the, in the sky up there with a bunch of feathers up there, but I'm going to tell you one thing. I have been observant before when I've seen a mother hen with babies. Anybody know what a mother hen will do with their babies if there's a, she senses uh, danger? I don't know what they do, but them all them little baby chicks will run to that mama hen and she'll open them wings up like that and then she'll just cover them babies with her wings and her protection. And that's what he's talking about God will do. He'll just cover us with his protection. He loves us so much. It says, do, listen to this, do not be afraid of the terrors of the night nor of the error that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Listen to this. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. That's in the Bible. Can you believe that's in the Bible? Who's the you he's talking about? Those who trust in him. Those who say of the Lord, you're my refuge, my fortress, my God, and you we trust. That's who the you is. Hallelujah. Do we have to do something? Absolutely. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. Listen to what he says. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. Hallelujah. I say that all the time. Shall not come near my home. Hallelujah. Do do we have some rights here? Then he goes on to say, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. Wherever you go. Wherever you go. Where are you going? Well, wherever you go, there's some angels there. Y'all believe in angels? You need to believe in angels. They go wherever you go. If I go somewhere, they're with me. They're not going to say, I'm going to take a break. Don't go. I'm going to take a break. I'm not going to go with you. No, they're going to be right there with me. Why? Because they're ordered by God to go with me everywhere I go. He says this, they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon the lions and the cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When you call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. 
I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. I will reward them with a long life. Did you know with long life, God will satisfy you? You said, well, pastor, what's a long life? When are you satisfied? I said, when are you satisfied? You know, somebody might be satisfied a little earlier than others. I'm not looking to be satisfied early. I'm going to be satisfied later in life. How about y'all? Is anybody with me? Praise God. You said, well, isn't it far better to go to heaven? Yeah, but why don't you just hang around a little bit and help God get some more souls into the kingdom? Amen? Look in Luke, if you will. Luke chapter 4. Verse 1. It says, And Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for forty days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when he had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. There's life in the word of God. The Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. That word quick means it's alive. And he said, he, uh, he said, man shall live by every word of God. Listen, there's life in the word. Y'all know if you're a part of Word of Life Family Worship Center, been here any length of time, we stress the word. Said it's medicine to all your flesh. Notice what it says. He, he couldn't get Jesus in that one. Then the devil take him up on a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I give you and their glory for this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. Now let me, let me just say something right now. I'm planning on quitting preaching early tonight. But the thing about it is, you look at that and say, well, he said, Jesus, if you will bow down before me, I'm going to give you all this authority. You said, well, Jesus already had it. He didn't. The devil actually had, he's the God of this world. He got it in Genesis chapter 3 when he when he's, uh, convinced Adam and Eve to eat of the fruit that God told them not to eat of. And when they ate of it, he says, you're going to die. And not only did they die spiritually and was separated from God, the devil took up the lordship of the world. Did you, what, I know some people don't, I don't know what you think when you hear this, but Adam was created and made to be the God of this world. Not over God, but under God to, to work and, and to, to lord it. Why? He said, I'm going to give you dominion over everything. You have dominion over everything that I've made. Amen? And he gave it to the devil. So when the devil came to him and said, listen, all this authority I'll give you if you'll just bow down and worship me. Well, Jesus didn't fall for that one either. He didn't fall for that one either. And Jesus answered said to him, get behind me, Satan. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you're the son of God, always questioning who he was to try to get Jesus. Let me, let me throw this out here. The devil will always try to get you to question who you are. You can mess up and make a mistake. And he said, you really, you really think you're a Christian? You really think you're saved? Why? Get you, what's he want to do? He wants to put that thought in your mind to get you to start questioning 
if you even know who God is or if God cares about you. That's the way the devil works. If you, you need to get Eddie Turner's messages, you'd be blessed by it. He says, you shall only serve God. Well, well, no, he said, then he brought him up on the, to Jerusalem on Pinnacle Temple and uh, said, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here. Now listen to this, for it is written, the devil's quoting this, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Where did he quote that from? Psalm 91. Psalms 91. Why? Because he knows... Listen, the devil knows the Bible more than most people do. I mean, that's actually, actually, he was Lucifer. He was the archangel. He was the praise and worship leader in heaven. And so we see he said that... So he literally takes Psalms 91 quotes it to Jesus and said, why don't you throw yourself off because after all, this is what the book says. This is what Psalms 91... Listen, if that had no significance, he would have never brought it up. I said if it had no significance, the devil would have never brought it up. But Jesus being as wise as he is, he said this, he answered him and said, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Even though I have a promise, even though I have angels encamped about me, I am not going to tempt the Lord my God. See, if you're doing something stupid just to try to prove something, you could make a major mistake in your life. Jesus, listen, you said, well, he could have just let a swan dive out there and said, well, hello, it says it in the Bible. I'm going to jump out there and do it. I had a guy tell me one time, I could get up on that building right there and I could just jump off and the angels would hold me up. I said, no, you'd hit the ground. Now, if you fell off the building, it'd be a different story. You said, Pastor, I don't know about that. Let me tell you something. I have experienced it. So I, nobody can talk me and don't tell me I don't have angels about me everywhere I go. I'm telling you, I was, uh, uh, when I was just a newborn Christian and not very old in the Lord, didn't know a whole lot about the Word of God. I tell you what, God will help you. And, uh, you know, when you're a baby Christian, it's amazing what, uh, how everything just falls to, uh, goes together for you and, and such as that. But God's Word's true. And I really didn't know much about Psalms 91, if any. And, uh, I worked offshore and, and uh, I was offshore in a particular uh, offshore on a drilling rig, most of you know, and it was a, a, a triple, which means it's 90 foot up. You've got a, a where you pull the pipe back when you're tripping and such as that. And I used to like to go up there and relieve the Derek man. I wasn't a Derek man, but I like to go up there and relieve him. And, and so I went up there one day and I was relieving a, a, a friend of mine and, and uh, pulling the pipe back and such as that. And and you climb up there through a hole. It's about the hole's about that wide and about that wide. And and you get up on a platform up there, and then you get up on top of a. You st- climb up on another little platform. You put a belt on. And you have to lean out over that and grab the pipe and pull it back, or drop it into the elevators and throw it in. And so I was up there one day, and and uh, the the guy that came back up there, he went over there to. I'm, I'm giving an illustration of things y'all have no earthly idea what I'm talking about. Most of you. And, uh, but called fingers where they put the pipe. So he was trying to get a finger down that was stuck. So I got, took my belt off and I jumped to lap on the platform and I jumped through the hole. Right through the hole. There's nothing but 90 feet down there and, a, and a, nothing but a metal deck. And I hung like this. 
I mean, talking about I was that far off of it, jumped and hung like this. So I hung there for a few minutes, and then I pulled myself back up on the platform and just laid there while because it hurt. And so you'd think, well, that's a coincidence. I went up there the next day and put my arms like there, and they didn't even reach. It was wider than my arm spread. Don't tell me God didn't hold me up there. And you, you could never convince me that when, my, when I knew how I held and I knew the angels of God held me up there and preserved my life right there. And I'm telling Jesus said this. Now, I didn't jump through that hole to say, look what I can do with God on my side. No, no, no. I didn't jump to try to prove anything to God. So, you know, I, I don't do things out of ignorance to try to prove something to somebody to say, well, I believe the Word of God, so I'm going to go do this. Listen to me. I believe the Word of God, so I'm going to use wisdom not to do what God tells me not to do. Are you hearing me? And so we're, we're talking about the wisdom of God, and, and at the same time, I know this. I believe the Word of God that if something... I, I've, I've worked on these power plants out here. Most of you have been out there, and I've worked, I've worked on the top, the 200-something feet up in the air, and I've walked up there, and I've tripped before and fell, and literally I was, I was preserved. And so the thing about it is, I believe the Word of God. Jesus said this, and uh, the, the, I'm not going to tempt the Lord your God. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him, uh, from him until an opportune time. So I'm telling Jesus didn't give in to any of it. He didn't, he didn't ever, he never told the devil, I'm going to do this to prove something to you. I don't have to prove anything to nobody. You don't have to prove anything to nobody. Believe the word of God. Trust the word of God. And your belief will answer for itself. Amen. And so, listen to me, but we want to use wisdom. We want to use wisdom. We don't want to, we don't want to be out here trying to do things that we know we shouldn't be doing. Amen. Second Timothy 1 7 says this. I love this scripture. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. We do not have to live in fear, but we do have to live in wisdom, with wisdom and make the right choices and the right decisions in our lives. And so God didn't give us the spirit of fear. So fear is a spirit, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God has given us love, a spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind, not a spirit of fear. And so listen to me. You don't have to get fearful. Just pray. Believe God. Pray for what's going on in the world today. And, and just believe God and trust God. Pray over your family. Believe God. Uh, plead the blood of Jesus over your family. Claim Psalms 91 over your family. Uh, declare it. Speak it. Pray it. And uh, the other scriptures that you have. And, and when you feel anxiety coming on you or stress coming on you or, or you feel like you're getting in a little fear, you start listening. Well, there's some uh, cases over here. There's cases over there. There are cases over there. Just say, praise God, it don't come nigh my home. And bless God, God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. See, you need to quote those things over yourself. Quote those things over yourself. Isaiah 10, and we'll close with this. Isaiah 10. I hope I'm helping somebody tonight. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That is not where I want to go. Isaiah 41. Kind of got it backwards here. Isaiah 41.10. Isaiah 41.10. And 
And uh, Maureen, you up there? We are going to take this to the Amplified Bible. And guess what it starts out with? Fear not. Fear not. Is that what it says, fear not? Almost once, it almost sounds like he don't want us to fear, don't it? Fear not. There's nothing to fear. And here's why that we don't have to fear, for I'm with you. This is God speaking. For I am with you. Do not look around you in terror and be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of righteousness and justice. Behold, all they who are in rage and inflamed against you shall be put to shame and confounded. They who strive against you shall be as nothing and shall perish. You shall seek those who contend with you, but shall not find them. They who war against you shall not shall be as nothing as nothing at all. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. I am the Lord who says to you, fear not, I will help you. Well, when I read this scripture, and I look at this, the coronavirus is ranged against us, raged against people, and I'm telling you what, it can become as a non-existent thing. Back in 2011, when Linda was diagnosed with that tumor, that massive brain tumor, and uh, uh, we was in uh, Waco Hospital, and uh, uh, Rusty Martin, the pastor, called me, and he got me on the phone. He said, God gave me this scripture for Linda. And it was this scripture right here in the Amplified. He read it. And he said, those things that are enraged against you, he said, that is that brain tumor that is enraged against you. And it will become as nothing, as a non-existent thing. And we laid claims to that. We quoted that scripture. We held on to that scripture. We held on to the word of God. You know, of course, you know we believe the healing scriptures. We do uh, uh, take the medicine of God's word. And we did all that. And, and the thing about it is, and uh, to make a, a, a very interesting longer story short, uh, uh, over the past years, when they removed that brain tumor and everything went well, and the last time we went to the doctor, the, she has to go. She'll be going in the 2021 20, uh, to get another MRI and such as that. And when she did that last MRI, or the last two MRIs, or the last three MRIs, I forget which one it was, and the, when that doctor came in, he said, this is what he said, he said, if I had not have done the surgery, I would have believed it was never there, like it never happened. And exactly what we started laying claims to, it will be as if a non-existent thing, as if it never even happened. And that's exactly what happened to her, like it never, like she never had it. She never had the uh, the the symptoms of what they said was going to happen after she had the surgery. She didn't have to have therapy to learn to walk again or learn to talk again, like they said she would. They said her had her set up for a two week. Uh, therapy in Dallas, Texas, uh, to stay there for two weeks afterward to learn how to speak again, to learn how to walk again. And they released her before she ever got out of ICU. They come in there and they checked her out and they said, we're releasing you. There would no, you will no have no therapy or anything else. Why? Because the word of God works. I said, the word of God works. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. You got to believe the word for it to work. And then you got to say what it says. Amen. In faith. Aren't we glad we know this? Are we glad we know this? Praise God. No fear here. Say it with me. No fear here. 
Hallelujah. Only wisdom. Come on, say it with me. Only wisdom. Praise God.